life. And that's going to be our topic tonight, the bread of life. Uh, Jesus goes on just a little bit later. He says, he that eateth my flesh, this is in verse 55, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. What an odd statement for someone to make. That Jesus would make this statement, he that eateth my flesh and he that drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. It's a uh, very odd thing for someone to say and we see, we will see as we dive into it a little further, that the response was maybe what you might expect, a little bit of bewilderment and misunderstanding of what Jesus was trying to say. But then we do see the response from this uh, conversation that Jesus has about being the bread of life. In verse 66 of this chapter, it says that from that time, many of his disciples went back and they walked no more with him. That this conversation that Jesus had, this about being him being the bread of life and partaking in the bread, uh, that it caused some people to say, this isn't for me. I'm going to walk away. This is, you're asking too much of me. And so I don't think that I can do it. And they says that they walk no more with him. But let's, let's go. We're going to, uh, uh, go into John chapter six or John chapter six, verse 26. We're going to go ahead just a little bit from where we were. And I want to just dive into this. Tonight, we're just going to work our way through this chapter. Verse 26 here, Jesus um, answered them and he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and you were filled. Labor not for the meat which persisteth or which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. So just to give a little context of what is taking place here, we see at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus uh, is, he, he had just performed some miracles, he went up on the hillside, and soon many people, it says at least 5,000, there were at least 5,000 men, uh, and not including the women and the children, uh, that they came to seek out Jesus. They wanted to see him uh, as a miracle worker. They wanted to hear what he had to say. And as they're approaching, it says that Jesus turns to one of his disciples, and he asks his disciple Philip, he says, what are we going to do to feed all these people? Philip, not knowing what to do, he looks and he says, well, we have this much money and, you know, if we uh, dive into that that money and go to the market, we might get a little bit, but there's no way it's going to feed all of these people who are gathered here, who are coming to hear you this night. And so, uh, I, Jesus, I don't know what we're going to do. And pretty soon, Andrew comes along and another of Jesus' disciples, and he says, well, I know you've been talking about this food issue and how are we going to feed everyone? I have this boy here who has two fish, has five loaves of bread. I know it's not going to go very far, but it's at least going to get us started. And you know the story of how Jesus takes this offering and he thanks the boy for 
for his lunch that day, and he then gives it to the disciples. And I, I think there's there's definitely a lesson in this. It's not really what we're here to talk and study tonight, but Jesus himself did not break all of this bread and hand it out. He gave it to the disciples, and it says that in the disciples' hands, they began to break the bread, and they began to distribute the bread, and the more that they continued to do that, the more that there was, and uh, I, I believe that that there is a, a lesson in that, and that Jesus, uh, he doesn't want to do all this, everything by himself. He wants his disciples to get their hands in the work. He wants your hands to be in it. He wants he wants you to be uh, the ones that are uh, seeing and uh, seeing the miracles happen, and that that it's through you that uh, Jesus is. Uh, you know, if they would have done this at any other time, they they wouldn't have had this abundance of bread. But when Jesus is in it through you, you can do anything, right? When Jesus is in it. That you have more power, you have more uh, ability than you could ever imagine. And so we see this, this miracle, this incredible miracle of Jesus feeding these 5,000 people through these two fish, five loaves of bread. It says then that uh, they were, the crowd was, was convinced. They, they thought, man, this is, this is the guy. Let's, let's make him the king. Let's, uh, let's do, do, uh, you know, something, prop him up and, and tell everybody uh, about this, these miracles. And, and Jesus, not wanting that, it says that he uh, he went off onto the up, up higher onto the mountain as the night approached. As he did that, it says the disciples, the twelve disciples, went down to the Sea of Galilee. They got in a boat and they crossed over that night. Began to cross over that night over the Sea of Galilee. Over to the other side. Jesus then says that he came off the mountain. This is, uh, if you want to read it, we could. It's in verse 16 through 21. We see Jesus comes down off the mountain. He begins to walk across the water. He meets them out in the middle of the, in the middle of the lake and gets in their boats, makes the, the rest of the journey across the Sea of Galilee. And then we see, and we'll, we'll pick up the story here in verse 22. It says that the day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the, of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one whereinto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with the disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit, there did come other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread. After that, the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. So we see the crowd seeking for Jesus again. They come and they don't understand how did Jesus get to the other side of the sea? We know he didn't get in the boat with the disciples. There's no way he could have walked around the whole sea. In one night, how did Jesus get to the other side? But they come, they're seeking Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, 
but because you did eat of the loaves and you were filled. He's getting to really why they've come to find him that day. He says, you are not coming because you saw the miracles. You're not coming to seek me. You're not just seeking me out because you saw the miracles that took place. But rather, you're doing it because you ate of the loaves and you were filled by the loaves. And verse 27 says, labor not for the meat which, per- which perisheth. You guys are seeking after the meat. You want to see, can I do the bread trick again? Can I feed you again? Is there, is there another miracle that, that I can do today? You're seeking God for the wrong reasons. You're seeking me out for the wrong reasons. You guys just want to see another miracle take place. Instead, the whole purpose of the miracle was to point you to me and who I am. It's to bring revelation of me. And Jesus, getting to the very root of what their ambition was on that day, when he says, you're seeking me, not because of the miracles and what it revealed about me, but you're seeking me because the bread filled you up. And that bread that you've come seeking again today, that's only going to last just a short while. It's going to perish. You're going to find yourself hungry again someday. But if you really understood what the miracle was about, then it would point you to a meat which will bring you everlasting life. Jesus is trying to get them to really understand who he is, his true identity as God manifest in flesh. That he, as the miracle worker, is not trying to get them to seek after more miracles. And we can do that sometimes. We can seek God for his benefits instead of seeking after the benefactor. It's possible for us to live for God and to say, God, I, I love you and or, or, God, I, I love you. But it's more about the benefits of loving him than it is just about loving him. Are we seeking him for the wrong reasons? Are we seeking after the miracle or are we seeking after the miracle worker? Because the miracle is going to perish. The miracle is not going to last forever. Even those in, in scripture that we see and even today you hear stories of people who were raised from the dead. What an incredible miracle that is. But even that has a lifespan on it. None of those individuals that were raised from the dead are still alive today. All of those individuals, you'd say, what an incredible miracle. They eventually did die. There is a lifespan on the miracle. The miracles will run out. But when you come seeking after God, that's going to bring you everlasting life. We can't seek God just for the benefits. We, we can't seek, we shouldn't seek God just for the benefits that come out of serving Him, of loving Him. No, it's about abiding in Him. It's about seeking the benefactor. It's about seeking the one who is, uh, we get the revelation of who He is because we see the miracle that took place. If you remember, as I was reading through this, I was thinking back to the conversation that uh, that took place when we had our, our missionary uh, that was here and we were 
talking about different miracles that have taken place over in, in Ukraine and that, that region. And, and he had seen some of these miracles. And, and, um, and he said, it's, it's all, it's all for, uh, not for the miracle, but it's, it's, it's for the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's working there in the Muslim world and, and seeing these miracles take place. And it's all to point to the fact that Jesus Christ, he is God, that Jesus is the one. And they get the revelation of who Jesus is. And he's seeing the miracles take place one after another. And it's because it's bringing the revelation of Jesus. And it's it's not about the miracles. It's about the revelation of who Jesus is when the miracles take place. And it ought to do the same for us that, that we're not we shouldn't seek God just God, give me a job. God, load my bank account up. God, do this or do that. No, it's not about the benefits. Yes, he, he, he can give you benefits. There are benefits to serving him. But God, if you don't give me anything else, I just want you. I just want you. I just want to abide in you. I just want to be with you. I want you. I'm not coming after you in order to have you do the bread trick again. I'm not coming after you for you to, uh, you know, to, to do another miracle. God, I just want you. And that's what Jesus was getting at with, with these who were seeking him that day. He says, you're not really seeking after me. You're not really seeking after me. You're seeking after something that's going to perish. That meat is going to perish someday, but I have the meat that will, will endure unto everlasting life, it says, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. We continue on in verse 28. It says, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered, and he said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. This is what he's trying to get at, that that you would believe on him who he has sent. And they said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What what dost thou work? In other words, they're saying, we need another miracle. Show us something else. What else do you have? What else, what else can you show us that will prove that you are who you say you are? Our fathers, they did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. In other words, they're saying, this was happening all the time. There were miracles every day. Moses was bringing down bread from heaven every single day. Jesus, what can you do for us? Where's my miracle today, Jesus? Jesus, what, what are you going to do for me today? Well, he's, he's not, he's not a slot machine kind of a God. He's not a, a God that you just, that you just pull it, pull the lever and you get some, something out of the, the bottom. He's not a vending machine kind of a God. You push the button and the, and the treat comes out the bottom. That's not the God. That's not how he works. He's not saying, you know, you just come to me every day and it's like the manna that every day that you come and I've got another miracle for you. He said, I just want you to come. And just to be with me. I just want you to spend time with me. Whether or not the miracle comes. Whether or not your answer answer to your prayer comes. I just want you to be with me. And we pray prayers. And and sometimes we get upset. Because they're not answered yet. And Jesus is saying. I just want you to be with me. I just want you 
to, to understand that it's not about every single day seeing the miracles take place. It says, our fathers, they did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, verily, verily, I say unto you that Moses, he didn't give you that bread from heaven. But my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. My father gave you the true bread from heaven. Now, Jesus is going beyond the manna conversation now. He says, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth light unto the world. And they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. You're saying that your father, he he brought a different kind of bread. How about you clue us in on this? And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm going to get my bread out tonight. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Bring this down here. For Jesus, he was, he was pointing to not, not a bread that they could, they could look to and, and they could, uh, they could, uh, physically grab it and, and put it in their mouth and eat it. No, he was pointing to himself. He says, what you guys have been hungering after is the bread that I fed you with yesterday. And you want to see some more miracles take place just like that. You want to see some more answered prayers about, uh, about the things that you've been praying about. And, and that's going to prove that I am God. You see the prayer answered, or you see the miracle happen, and that's going to prove that I am God. He says, I'm God whether or not the miracle happens. I'm the one that is going to give you eternal life whether or not that other kind of bread shows up on your doorstep. I am still God. He says, I am the only one, in fact, I'm the only bread that you need. You don't really need all of these other things that you're seeking after, thinking that those prove who I am. I am who I am because I came from above. That's what Jesus is saying. I came from above. I came from the Father. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Can you guys smell that? If you're up here, it smells so good. I'm hungry tonight. That was not a good idea to bring some bread. All right, where are we at? The true bread from heaven, verse 32. Okay, let's go to verse 33. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. If you're talking about a kind of bread that's going to give us life, eternal life, in fact, I, I really want that kind of bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Jesus reveals himself that I am the bread of life. That manna that you were talking about, that your forefathers, that they took part in, that only lasted a day. 
I'm talking about something that's going to last for eternity. I'm talking about uh, a, a miracle that's, it's not, it's not just something that's going to uh, last whatever portion of time you have here on this earth. God can bless us. God can bless you with a nice home. He can bless you with a nice car. He can bless you with a, a well-paying job. But all of those blessings are going to perish one day. All of those things. You, you can look around and you can see a whole lot of people that they, they, they'll talk about the blessings from God and all these things that they have, these things that they've, they've accumulated in this life. But if they don't really know Jesus... All of those things are not really blessings. We can fool ourselves into thinking that the manna is what's all, that that, that's really the the answer from God. And that's really uh, the the signal that we are in, in God's favor. But really it's about the true bread. It's about have you eaten the true bread? Have you partaken in the true bread? The bread of life. Because that's the only thing that is going to cause you to never hunger anymore. And never thirst anymore. That bread is the only thing that's really going to last. He says, but I said unto you. Verse. Uh, actually, let's skip down to verse 41. The Jews, they murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he is say it, that he saith that I came down from heaven? They're familiar with this Jesus who grew up in, in Nazareth. They're, they're familiar with his surroundings. They're, they're familiar with his family. In fact, some of his, his family is perhaps even there on that day and you know, maybe they can even look to them. Isn't, didn't he come from isn't he the carpenter's son? I mean, Jesus, we, we saw you grow up. Jesus, what are, what are you talking about when you said that you are the bread that came down from heaven? And Jesus answered, and he said to them, murmur not among yourselves. It's interesting to use that word there. Uh, reflecting back to the Israelites who murmured in the wilderness. It says, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except that the Father, which he has sent, or which has sent me, draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Notice that. Jesus, no man can come to me except the Father, which has sent me, draw him. And I will raise him up on the last day. That Jesus himself is saying that the whole reason that you are going to desire this kind of bread is because I'm drawing you to it. The whole reason that you're going to desire to take part in this kind of bread is because is because there is something inside of you that is drawing you to it and 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 I have placed in you a desire to partake in this true bread of life. Verse 45 it's written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. That every man, therefore, that hath heard, hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he believe, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I 
am the bread of life. Okay, Jesus is drilling down into this, uh, this understanding of him being the bread. That, uh, this, this bread that, uh, they are, he's getting ready to dive into how they ought to partake in this bread. But he's saying, I am the bread. Now, Jesus himself is the bread that came down from heaven. If we could do just a little short, quick Bible study of who Jesus really is. He is God, manifest in flesh. In fact, you can flip just a couple of pages the other way. See, in John chapter 1. Let's just go there. I don't have this in the notes, but in the beginning was the word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Verse 16. I'm sorry, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That the Word was made flesh. That God was made flesh. And Jesus, He is the God of the heavens that has come down, been made flesh to dwell among us. And so that is, uh, that, that is who Jesus is. He is the God. He is the Father that, uh, He is speaking of. He says elsewhere, I, me, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. We talked about that two weeks ago. But here, He's getting this understanding that He is the bread and that we are to partake in the bread of life. Let's go to verse 49. And this is really where I want to, what I wanted to get to tonight. Verse 49. Starting here, Jesus continues on. He says, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness. Are they still here? You guys talk about that miracle as if it was the miracle above any other miracle. You guys are, are talking about this, these things, the past, as if those are, as if that's going to sustain, uh, life forever. But he says, those miracles, they all perish. Your, your fathers, they are all dead. But this is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I, which I will give for the life of the world. Just put yourself there in their shoes that day. He's speaking to, to disciples. He's speaking to a crowd, 5,000 people. They follow him. They're, I mean, it's a friendly crowd. Put yourself in their shoes when Jesus all of a sudden, pointing to himself, says, I am the bread. And you need to eat the bread. Jesus, what are you talking about? Right? You need to eat the bread. You need to come. You need to put it in your hands. You need to take some, take some, uh, pull some of that off of that, the rest of that loaf and put it in your mouth. You need to start chewing. You need to Swallow it, digest it. You need to eat the bread. But Jesus, you said that you are the bread. The Jews 
begin talking among themselves and they're saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Well, what's, what's he talking about? And Jesus said to them, verily, verily, I said to you, except that you eat, he doubles down. He doubles down on what he had just said. He says, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the son of man and you drink his blood that you have no life in you. So I'm not, I'm not going to make this easier. I'm, I'm going to double down on what I just told you. And I'm telling you that you need to eat the flesh of the son of man. You need to drink his blood or else you have no life in you because whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Okay, this is the phrase right here that clues us in on everything that Jesus is talking about. And whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. To dwell to abide in. This is the same Greek word that's, that's being used here to dwell or to abide with that abiding in Christ a couple of weeks ago. Now it's talking about dwelling in Christ. He says, unless you take me in and you allow me to become every part of who you are, unless you take me, the bread of life, and you digest that you take it in and you consume it and it becomes something that it's it it goes down and it's it just becomes part of who you are and it's it's just part of you you know once you eat something you don't you don't look at somebody and say well you know this is um this is you know my my friend and and that's the the bread that he ate and that's the uh the, the juice that he drank. No, once, once you, you see them, it just becomes part of who you are. That bread is there. It's, it's, you've consumed it. And Jesus says, unless you abide in me, unless you take all of me and you eat of my bread, you have no chance at eternal life. Let's just finish off this passage here. Verse 57 it says, as the living father has sent me and I live by the father. So he that eateth me even shall live by me. Okay? He's cluing us in again on what he means. This is metaphorical. I think there were some of them that were getting really scared that Jesus was endorsing cannibalism. And there probably were some that day that went away thinking that Jesus was endorsing cannibalism. He wasn't doing that. This was a metaphor that Jesus was using. But he says here, he says that as the living father has sent me and I live by the father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Once you consume him, you live by him. The way that he would live, that's how you live. The way that he, when you dwell in him, the things that are important to him are the things that are important to you. The things that matter to him are the things that matter to you. Because you've consumed him. You've eaten him. You've taken him in. It's part of who you are now. It's your identity. My identity is locked, is solid into who he is. That's who I am. Verse 58. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. 
See, Jesus said, you've got to dig in. You have to dig in and eat the bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. In order for you to have eternal life, you must consume me. Just seeing that loaf of bread there, that's not going to satisfy your hunger. Just smelling the loaf of bread is not going to satisfy your hunger. In fact, it's making me a whole lot hungrier. You could even take this bread You feel better? Are you any less hungry? No? You're good? Okay. No? You want Does that help you out? Are you hungry? Are you still hungry? No, you're not. Were you hungry before? No, okay. And this isn't helping me any right now. Just holding the bread, that's not satisfying my hunger. Just looking at the, just, just talking about this bread. I mean, you, you can go home tonight and you can begin to talk about the bread, how good that bread is, how, how good it may have looked. You, you can tell others, you can believe in the bread. You can believe that this bread was really tasty bread and that this bread, that it can make you not be hungry anymore. But if all you ever do is talk about it, it hasn't really done its job. You can, you can take this, this bread and you can give it to somebody else and allow them to partake in it and allow them to tell you all about its benefits. But that's not making it any better for you. Jesus says the only way, the only way for you to be satisfied is if you take that bread and you begin to eat the bread. The only way, he says, if you want eternal life, You take me and you consume it. It's not about talking about me. It's not about just looking at me. It's not about just telling others about how good this life would be if they live for me. No, he says, as far as you're concerned, the only way that you're going to have eternal life is if you take all of me and allow it to become all of you. You abide in me, you dwell in me, and I'll dwell in you. You abide in Christ, and Christ will abide in you. It says, unless you eat of this bread, and unless you drink, I better swallow this piece of bread. I'm about to spit it out all over. Should have had a drink of water up here today. Unless you truly consume it, unless you truly allow that bread to become who you are, unless your identity is completely changed into the identity of Christ. And what am I talking about tonight? I'm talking about it's not, it's not good enough to say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, but then you go into the workplace and you just blend in with everybody at your workplace. Or you go into this friend group over here and you blend in with them. Or you go into this place and you blend in. Your identity, it morphs and it's, it's, it's 
conforming to every place that you're, that you're at or all the people that you're, you're with. No, your identity is in Jesus Christ. And when it becomes a completely holy who you are, then it doesn't matter what situation or what friend group or where you're at. No, my identity is Christ. And that is always going to be who I am. I'm not going to morph to be some, like somebody else. I need to abide in him and let him abide in me. I need to allow the bread of life to become who I am. I need to consume it. Let it consume me. I need this bread of life to be everything about that. I, everything that I care about in life. I need it to be everything that I'm chasing after in life. That it's the things that please him. Thank you. The things that he cares about, are those the things that you care about? Is your identity as a disciple of Christ, is your identity as a follower of Jesus, is that completely who you are at all times? Or is it just the bread that's sitting over there on the shelf and you like to talk about it a lot? And you like to nibble at it every once in a while instead of consuming it. And saying, this is who I am. He dwelleth in me. I abide in Christ. And whether or not another, it's not about the miracles that he does. It's not about having every every prayer answered. I heard a statement made uh, this, this past week that if he can't tell you no, then he's not the Lord of your life. There's times that we pray for things. There's times that we expect things. And his answer is simply no. And we have to accept that and say, yes, God, I abide in you. It doesn't matter. It's not about chasing after the miracles. It's not about seeing seeing another thing that that I'm hoping for, uh, you know, and been wishing that that, that it would happen to come to pass. No, God, I just want to abide in you and, and allow the things that you care about to be the things that I care about. God, I I just want your identity to be my identity. See, the hard truth about eating the bread is is this. It's in verse 59 through 69. We see the effect of this conversation on those that he's speaking to. It says, these things said he in the synagogue as he taught them in Capernaum. And many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? This is a really hard thing for you to ask us to do. For for you to say that we need to consume you. For us to to say that 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 this this bread of life that came down from heaven that we need to consume it. And I don't understand. I don't know. Perhaps uh, some of those who are saying this, it's it's just out of a misunderstanding of what Jesus said, or perhaps there, there was an understanding of what Jesus said, but they were, they were saying, this is what you're asking of, of us. I don't think we can do it. And Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. And he said to them, does this offend you? Are you guys offended by the things that I've said? What? And if you shall see the son of man ascend up where he was before, it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words 
that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. He says, you've got to understand what I'm telling you. This is not a, this is not a, a light matter. This is, this is the very thing that's going to give you eternal life. You can only get it by abiding in me. You can only get it by eating and consuming the bread of life. He says, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and they walked no more with him. It's a sad day. That, that day there were some that said, this, what you're asking is too much. Jesus, for me to give up those, uh, to give up my old identity, that's too much. For you to ask of me to change everything uh, about, you know, the, my friend group and, and, and the old things that I used to desire, that's too much. God, for you to, to ask me to, to take on your complete, uh, who you are and, and, and allow myself to be completely wrapped up in you, God, that's too much. I can't do it. And they walked away. So then Jesus said to his 12 disciples, you guys going to go away as well? Thankfully, Simon Peter, he stood up and he answered him. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You're the only one who has the words of eternal life. That's the that's a response of somebody who has taken the bread of life and eaten the bread of life. They're not just looking at it. They haven't just been talking about it to others. He's taken it. He says, I've tasted it. Just like the scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord, he is good. He says, I've, I've, tried, I've tried other things. I've looked elsewhere. And the only thing that I, I've ever found to be true is the words that come out of your mouth. And to see the way that you live your life. And when I, when I receive that kind of a, when I receive that into my life, everything in me gave hope. It pointed me to the hope that there is something more to life than just Chasing after things that perish. And Simon Peter or says, six, verse 69. And we believe, we are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. I know it's a little earlier tonight than what we typically let out, but I wonder if we could just... Lift up our hands in this place. And we're just going to finish this Bible study with a just a simple prayer here tonight.